ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 27 of the Finger Guns Podcast. I'm your host, Roscoe Kennison, and I'm joined by Mr. Greg Hicks. Good evening. And a very hungover, Paul Collett. Hello. <laughs> he sounds hungover. Do you hear but that? We're not, the we're not allowed to mock his drinking condition. <laughs> no. You have to understand, the older you get, the worse hangovers get. It's the worst thing in the world. They last two days now, quite sake. A two-day hangover? What were you doing? Well, I was just drinking normally, sensibly, as you do, you know, like we are, like we are finger gun, all very sensible and stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's just that, you know, the older you get, then the hangovers last like, twice as long. That doesn't, sound I mean? very, that doesn't sound very sensible to me. No, no, no. It's just like, also, I'm a lightweight. That doesn't help. Yeah. You know, you know, it's a good night, so I can't complain. Nice. How are you well, doing? Yeah, no? I'm all right, man. Thanks very much. Living the dream. Excellent. Living the dream. Had a good week and uh, playing some good games. Excellent. Very excited for uh, for next week, for next Tuesday, but we'll talk about that in a minute. First up, as ever, is what we've been playing. So, who should I get to first? Mm. Mr. Great Kicks, what have you been playing this week? I have been playing The Surge 2, and Ooh. I can't really talk I can't really talk about it because it's on embargo until Tuesday. But if you are unaware, listeners, the The Surge is Deck 13's like sci-fi answer to Dark Souls. The first one was all right it got criticized for being too dark and a little bit shit and the second one isn't as dark but that's all i can say until tuesday but my review will be out soon so there's that uh what else have i been playing more monster hunter really getting into that again getting like a second third fourth tenth wind of that which is always wow. good uh yeah it's, it's one of those games that you it helps to play with a friend or friends plural it's it's definitely some of its part. It's a good game. It's really enjoyable. So you can actually play it single player. I did not know that. Yeah, yeah, it's a single player game. It's definitely encouraged that you play with people though, because oh, obviously it's like most, most like loot RPGs that kind of stuff. It helps to have different builds, and, and I say different builds, but you get different weapon classes. There's there's like fourteen different weapon varieties. Oh, fifteen now with the new one with the clutch claw. Yeah, you've got giant axes, hammers, bow guns, all sorts, and it's quite nice to play with a variety. Like I play with like an insect glaive, which is a big double-ended glaive that you can do lots of aerial tricks and smashing attacks and my friend uses like a giant katana so it's a different play style and then you can call in randoms to help you so you'll have players of higher levels that can or high enough level that can jump in with like giant hammers you can lay traps and bombs and all sorts and it creates like a really fun dynamic so yeah it's 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 hit and miss really you can play it by yourself and you might actually enjoy it by yourself or you can you know get some friends on board and crack on with it it's really good fun because oh, it was on sale, wasn't it? I think recently. Yeah, yeah, it's it's, it's, been it's been out about a year and a half now. Yeah, I was tempted. I thought, well, it's multiplayer only, so I didn't bother. I didn't no, know no, it no, it's, it's not multiplayer only. And it, if you get it, then you know I can always jump in out or we can. You know, me, me and my friend Toby can play it a lot. So yeah, I, I, I'd say jump into it. It's got a bit of a learning curve to it. It doesn't teach you to suck eggs at the start. You've got to learn through sort of attrition. But yeah, it's it's. I think I said last year my my sort of game of the year thing. It was a, it was a mention because I never finished it, and now I have finished the main campaign. I wouldn't call it game of the year in story terms or anything like that, but the end game content is enough to keep you going, and you get like the the elder dragons are the bigger sort of later game enemies, and then you get like the tempered versions, which are just more aggressive, and then you get the arch tempered versions, and they're like you need skills. Like any game, really, when you get towards the end game, you, you'll be at that level where you can start taking on the the challenges. Uh, like, think think the bloody palace things from Devil May Cry. You know, you're going to be at that level where you can take them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So it's it's a definitely a good game. Really, really enjoying it. And I've still been playing Wreckfest. No. Huh. It's it's still on the Xbox. So I've been dabbling back into that. It's nice. I absolutely sucked at it though because obviously playing WRC, which is a precision rally sim, and you know you've got to take your corners properly, and you can't do this, you can't do that, and then go back to Wreckfest where you just like yeehaw around the corner sideways. And it took me a while to adjust to that, and the handbrake button was different as well. So, yeah, that's been a, a literal crash course in remembering how to play Wreckfest. Yeah, I guess that and WRC do have very different definitions of racing. Yes. One you get penalised for going off track, the other one you get points for shunting someone in the bonnet. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, a different kind of, uh, it's a different kind of cathartic fun. But, I, uh, yeah, Wreckfest is enjoyable. Gone back to that, really. Uh, that's it, really. Yeah, mo- the most of it's been the surge, which I can either... Con- firm or deny is any good until tuesday from the screenshots it does look shinier than the first one that was yes. my, one of my big decisions with the first one is a bit drab drawn in the round yeah i think i think they took the literal dark bit of dark souls and tried to like make, make an edgy sci-fi game with dark souls it was just an inherent challenge like you had to learn enemy attack patterns and that was the say with any any Soulsborne game you have to learn attack patterns rhythms like either the counters or the parries that kind of thing whereas a lot of these imitators and Deck 13 did it with Lords of the Fallen as well. They, they take it as hard means difficult. So sneaky surprise attack enemies. So with the, the first surge, you'd be walking down a corridor, a very darkly lit corridor. And what you don't see is a little alcove to the side because it's too dark. And someone jumps out and pushes you off a ledge. And it's like, oh, that's not a challenge. That's just a dick move. <laughs> and there's been there's been a couple of instances in this one, you know. But you 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 should know if you're playing a Soulsborne esque game. And I don't want to keep referring everything to Dark Souls, but that is clearly the, the imitatable style. You do have to check your corners. And it's like, am I playing am I playing an action adventure? Or am I playing fucking Rainbow Six? You know, it's it's pain in the dick, but you get used to it. But it's yeah. definitely brighter. You can definitely see who's shooting you this time. But that's good. I will ask you what you think of it this time next week. Yes, and although. Hopefully your review will be up by then. It will It will be up the 24th or day after. <laughs> That's how <laughs> well, we do embargoes, ladies and gentlemen. We just yeah. make them up. Well, like... some, of us, some of us have day jobs. I mean, if, if I'm a little bit on edge now, it's because I'm literally on call from work. So if I get the proverbial bat signal, I'm going to have to run off. But touching my wood, I'm hopefully not oh, going to get called in. <laughs> <laughs> That's not a image I'm uh, in my head. Sorry, listeners. Oh, damn. Yikes. Um, with uh, Monster Hunter, have you got Iceborne yet? I think, no, no, I'm, I'm still kind of a bit cautious of the price. I, I know it's, I know it's a big expansion, and there is obviously like a platinum attached to it and stuff like that. But I mean, even the Witch's DLC was twenty quid. This is thirty-five, and if you are a diehard Monster Hunter fan, then yeah, you know that is good because there is a whole new game in there. But for me, yeah. and as I've said before, it's hit and miss with who you play with. If you haven't got a consistent pattern of playing it, you're not going to want to commit to something. If your mate doesn't, and you're like, great, I've just spunked out 35 quid to not play with my mate. That's fantastic. <laughs> so I'm not going to wait for a price drop. All right, I'll see. It depends on what he wants to do. We'll, we'll make a consensus of that. Fair enough. I, do, I will get around to playing it. It does look rather good. Yeah, I mean, it's essentially a sequel, isn't it, really? Yeah, yeah. It's a whole new... I mean, that, that's why I said the other week. I was, I was hurrying up to finish World because you need... It's, it's post-endgame. It's not like the Deus Ex one where the, the DLC was in the middle portion of the game, which is totally bullshit, by the way. It's a, it's a whole new Monster Hunter World 1.5, which it's, yeah. it's, I'm, I'm sure it does justify the price. I don't know how big it is. I haven't actually read any reviews of it because I don't want to spoil that. That's fair. But I understand it is quite big. So, you know, I might just bite the bullet and get that. I might even get around to playing Control when that turns up as well. <laughs> if it, oh, it man. Yeah. 
I'm still still in a battle with Shop Two. Oh, disclaimer: it's not Shop Two's fault. It's Royal Mail, but I'm still my hands are tied with Shop Two with their bloody ticket system, and they're like, "Oh, we've got to contact Royal Mail," and it's like, "Go on then." It's coming. <laughs> it's coming up three weeks now. So. Oh God. Yeah. Jesus. Someone has stolen that off you. Yeah. So you, you could say that Royal Mail have a. Uh, Lost control. Oh, I've been telling everyone that joke for about a week. Oh, well, that's it from the Fingers Podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Thank yep. you all very much gotta, for you for listening. Go out on a on a banger. Yeah. Don't need, we don't need to do anything else. I mean, it's just, that's perfect. <laughs> oh man! All right then, Mr. Paul Collett, what have <laughs> you been playing this week? And make a funny pun. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> I can't, can't possibly. All right. All right. So I have been playing last little bits of Bus Simulator. Review will get written, I promise. Although I'm way, way late, I believe. Would but, you say? Would you say you were delayed? Uh, you know what? I, I probably was delayed, and then you know what happens? Three reviews have come at once. Do you know what yeah, I mean? It was. Yeah. A... <laughs> <laughs> I like uh, that you got that. Very well done, Paul. Yeah. Oh <laughs> my god. Greg's on fire tonight. Greg's oh, full god, of sugar. Comedy like podcast, isn't it? She's gone Radio Four, surely. So I've been playing that. That's uh, that started off really well. I really enjoyed it when I first started playing it. It was you know, very different and relaxing, and it was a whole new kind of game for me, really. Because I'm just playing action games all the time, um, but it's kind of like unraveled a little bit. So it's yeah. So that's going to be a review when I get to write it, which will be this week, I promise. Uh, I've been playing Far Cry Five still, and I'm really enjoying that this time around. Hated it first time around. I think I kind of played it. I think I played it a different order this time. I, I went for a different zone to clear out before which i think is a slightly better zone wasn't quite so hard and full of trippy kind of bullshit drug things so it's a bit more enjoyable now i have also been playing uh Sayonara, which is just like beautiful and what i'm playing oh i've switched on red dead redemption 2 today for like wow. 10 minutes and the game is so damn beautiful i just can't stop you know i want to play it just because it looks so good uh it plays like a turd but it looks amazing <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try and stick with it this time. I'll maybe try and get at least one mission completed. And, you know, that's about it, really. Oh, and Apple Arcade did play a bit of that as well. How far are you into Red Dead? This is probably my third playthrough, or third attempted playthrough. I've got, I don't know, maybe a quarter of the way through, my first playthrough. Second one, I just got to snow and I thought, I fucking played this again. Turned it off. And now this time, I'm literally just at the start. of. We get out of the snow and you're in your sort of main camp area. Just sort of got there now, so oh, okay. Um, so early days, yeah, early days, and people, you, you guys keep saying it's a really good story and everything. I really should play it, but it's just such a drag, don't you think? Rockstar didn't sort it out. They won't, but you know, they should. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a slog, but it's it is worth it. I mean, it's you've got to, I think, temper expectations as to what it, it's going to be. I don't really think of it as an action game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, sure. Yeah. It's it's a it is a walking simulator with an <laughs> enormous budget. It, well, it is, but the trouble is, the walking is like it should be a slow walking simulator. Do you know what I mean? It's, not, it, it's just, I know you don't walk fast, but you don't walk that slow either. Do you know what I mean? It's, they they mm-hmm. kind of run super slow in the walking, and it just it's just long. Just um, feed your horse, man. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing. I can't be bothered. <laughs> Why have I got to feed the damn horse? Because otherwise you'll get tired. Yeah, it's not like, Nick, do you know what's going to happen now? You're going to Grand Theft Auto, you have to fucking put petrol in your car in Grand Theft Auto 6. You want to do that? Where's the fun? <laughs> oh, man, you know that's going to happen. You pump up your tyres and get an MOT check, probably, no, Rockstar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that sounds like them. Or you could just shoot the MOT guy. 
and yeah, exactly that. But then you know, the other thing about red that'd be so funny, wouldn't it? That's great, me. Is the is the uh, the wanted system? It just it's fucking harsh as fuck, isn't it? Anything. Like if if someone shoots you and you fire back, you're the one who gets grassed up. What the, what the fuck's that about? And then you just got like, I don't know everyone asked you for like five years. I'm like, oh, go away. You know what I mean? You paying you paying your bounties? Yeah, why should I have to pay bounties? Otherwise, like, you get thrown in jail. Or yeah, shot. Like, you're trying to save up money as well, isn't you? It's just I don't know. It's just it's just hard work for games. A lot of hard work. Um, but I'm gonna give it a go. I'll keep going. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what have I been playing? I've also been playing uh, Sayonara Wild Hearts. Oh, My goodness. Um, you can beat this game all. in about an hour. And that hour is one of the best hours I've ever had in my life. To be honest with you. I just, I'm just <laughs> blown away by it completely. And it's, I'm going to say it out loud. I think it's my game of the year at the moment. Oh, it's definitely, uh, definitely up there. Well, I have, I have a secret contender for game of the year, though. So. Absolutely stunning. I just, I can't get over the originality of it and how utterly mind-bending they've managed to make every level and how different they all are, considering, yeah. you know, there's not many of them. Didn't count how many there were, but there's not many. But they're just, they're just extraordinary. And, um, yeah, I love it. You can actually watch Sean. Sean streamed his playthrough of it from beginning to end on uh, oh, Twitch the, 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 uh, the other night. Mental. So if you go to our twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net, you can watch his entire playthrough of Cyanara Wild Hearts. And you can hear him go, oh, my God! That's amazing. This game is fucking amazing. Oh my god! <laughs> Lots of that. <laughs> it's fun. That was a surprisingly good impression as well. Yeah, I try. I really try sometimes. You know, but yeah, Sarah Wild Hearts is uh, a stunning experience and I highly recommend it to anyone. I've also been playing uh, FIFA 20. I know neither of you are all that bothered about this, but uh, yeah, I mean, it's post-embargo, so I can say what I want. It's not that great, really. I'm not finding it all that exciting. I know, shocking. That's controversial. Yeah, I don't find it very appealing i mean throughout the year i've been like i'm not going to get fifa this year because i'm not into it because they haven't changed enough from 19 and i didn't really like 19 all that much and uh thankfully this one's come around and i've been justified in it i did get a little excited about volta football having a story because i really like the last three story modes that were in the fifa games and it's just poor it's just boring volta football is terrible it's a real shame because there's probably something there in the volta football five aside is always a good laugh but nah, disappointing that's a, that's a scathing review there, Ross. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I haven't bought the game. I don't have a code. I've got the uh, the ten hour trial on EA Access, yeah. and uh, I I just I don't know. There's just not enough to it. I'm looking forward to because every now and then there's a there's a, a FIFA that comes out that's just a major revolution of everything, and I'm look, waiting for that to happen. It's taking its time, which is a shame because there doesn't seem to be changing all that much anymore. I really hope they do soon. And I've been playing Deadly Premonition Origins, which is something. Same as it was. <laughs> My God. Um, did you ever play it? Yeah, I tried. Uh, I mean, I, I've, I've got a, a long history of weird, quirky games and sweary games and like pseudo 5 1 games. You know, I'll give anything a try. I, I played Neverdend once and it was shit. Uh, but Deadly, De- <laughs> Deadly, Deadly Premonition, I knew, I knew going in it was a Marmite game. But I don't like Marmite, so what does that say? It was just fucking... Um, I didn't like it. I just really, really couldn't get on with it. And I thought, no, no, I'm going to give it a try. And it's got horrible controls. I, I don't know what they're like on the Switch. Are they motion controls or are they... Um... No, no, no. It's just uh, very jaggy and horrible. Uh, yeah, well, controls. that's that's how it used to be on the 360. I, I didn't yeah, like it. Changed. No, I don't... I mean, I've, I've played games of terrible voice acting and endearing. You know, I, I'm a big Resident Evil fan, so what does that say? But I, I couldn't get on with Deadly Premonition. I wanted to. 
Mm. Just it was it was just too. I mean, like you know, it's, I'm going to sound like a hypocrite because I'm really championing Death Stranding and other sort of auto games, and I you know I like Shadows of the Damned, but uh, yeah, Deadly Premonition, I couldn't get on with it. It just didn't gel with me. No, I mean it's definitely one of those games. Uh, you're either on board with it or you're not. And at first, I wasn't on board with it. Um, I hadn't played the original, so the Switch version was the very first time I'd ever played it. And yeah, it takes a long time for you to go, oh, that's what this game is. Uh, okay. Yeah, I, I didn't get that far. <laughs> and yeah, it takes a long time. But once you're there, you understand for its kind of quirkiness and the ridiculousness of it all. Yeah, the controls suck. The visuals are terrible. As a technical showcase for the Switch, it's quite an embarrassment, really. Uh, it doesn't look any different to what it did in the PS3, and the PS3 looked terrible. You know, it was originally a PS2 game, which got cancelled, and then was ported to PS3. Mm. But they didn't. It just looks like they didn't change anything. <laughs> they didn't change the visuals, or you know, it's just a really such a strange, strange game. I don't How understand it, why everyone loves it so much. Well, that's the thing. It's got this really weird cult following, and like when it got announced to that Deadly Premonition 2 was coming out for the Switch and the first one was going to be out today at the Direct last week. It was like, people would just spent nuts. I was like, what the hell is this game? And, you know, I got a copy of it and it was just, I don't understand it. I don't get it at all. But it's like, once you sort of lead into it, it's just this camp, quirky, Twin Peaks style experience that in any other game, all of its issues would have been a reason not to buy it. But mm. for some reason, it just all works in this stupid, stupid game. <laughs> it's amazing. Uh, yeah, I wrote a review for it. You can read that on uh, Nintendo Life, which is weird. Oh, yes, that's the big news of the week. Yeah, Ross is going to humbly downplay it, but, you know, let's give a little round of applause. Woo! Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yeah, Go on, um, tell them. contributing reviews now to Nintendo Life, Woo! which is a Nintendo website which is doing rather well for itself. Thank you for that uh, fanfare. <laughs> <laughs> I thought my laptop had kicked off then. It's not it was Paul doing that. <laughs> oh, man. Amazing. Uh, but yeah, but that's uh, that's where my review is. If you want to go and give it a read, it's it sums up everything I've just said quite well. I think it's up there and live, so I'm assuming it was okay. We'll find out, I guess. But yeah, that's what I've been playing this week, uh, primarily. I've also been playing a ukulele and the Impossible Lair, but obviously that's not how I went to October the fourth, so I can't talk about that. The sequel to the ukulele game, I'd imagine. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it's it's two D now and not three D. Oh, two D. Two D. He was a ukulele. So instead of ripping off N64 games, and I'm ripping off Mega Drive games. Going back in time. Well, let's be honest. Uh, Rayman was all the better for going 2D, wasn't it? Let's be honest. Oh, yeah. Look how well Legends did and the sequel. Oh, for sure. Name I can't remember. Um, but it was Origins of Legends, wasn't it? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And then Rayman Jungle Run. Which is the one that had um, which had Black Betty in it that Paul forgot? Legends. <laughs> Thankfully. That's all right. <laughs> God, I love that game. I think I played the demo more than I played any other demo before, just for that level. I think it still goes up, it ranks up there as one of my favourite games ever. I love it so much. So much that you couldn't remember that Ram Jam's version of Black Betty was in. Oh, fuck, man. Thanks, <laughs> <laughs> <a> damn record. <laughs> right then, let's crack on with uh, the news. There's no quiz this week, unfortunately, because our quiz master, Mr. Sean Davies, is no longer with us. What? No, oh, that came out on. wrong. <laughs> yes, it really did. He's having, he's having a well-earned break, not a dirt nap. <laughs> um, dirt. What's a dirt nap? He's not dead. He's, he's not been <laughs> God, he did. I did actually wanted to uh, share some things. Um, he's also been playing, obviously, Sayonara Wild Hearts. You can watch his stream on Twitch. Um, Sayonara is very good, very smart game with an incredible aesthetic. He says more 
praiseworthy things in the stream if you want to go and check it out. Borderlands 3 runs out of Steam before the end, unfortunately, which is uh, upsetting. And Mutazioni? Mutazion? Is it just, just mutation? Mutation, Mutation, that sounds right. Anyway, that game, uh, he says, is awesome. Um, I've got that game to play as well. So I will hopefully find out if it is or not soon. And Batman is in Fortnite and he's been playing that with his kids. And it says he is. Batman in Fortnite is infuriatingly good. So there you go. Fortnite keeps knocking it out of the park. In the Davies household, at least. Right then, let's move on to our big uh, topic of this podcast, which is Apple Arcade! This week, Apple Arcade released. And my goodness me, I think it's better than anyone thought it was ever going to be. For the low, low price of £5 a month, you can get yourself... 100 rather top quality indie games all available now as long as you have an iphone or an ipad that can run these games uh, which is basically i think ipad a, a iphone 8 onwards maybe um i think it's the 6s onwards oh that's all or bad. is it the 7 well, it goes back a little bit but not that far okay um our very own paul Collett is the only person on the thinking guns team with an ios device so <laughs> this I'm week still special you are special man Um, he's the only one that's had a chance to check out Apple Arcade so Paul Apple Arcade tell us all about it Uh, okay so um, it is exactly what you expect it's you pay your subscription and you get the opportunity to download one of well all of the hundred games if your phone has the capacity to hold them all it's not an app you don't get a special app for it so you don't you just go into the app store as you would any other sort of game you download and you press a special arcade button and all these games uh, are there for your taking. And I've got to say, it is pretty damn good. You get, you get a one-month free trial uh, no matter what you do, so you might as well take advantage of that one. And I, I, I secretly, I'm, I'm a little bit impressed because I'm not really one for playing mobile games. Uh, it's, it's such a refreshing change to sort of load up a game and not be greeted by like a, an Age of War, an Age of Zed fucking advert or something um so there's no adverts you never pay for in-game things whatever so it's really good and and part of the ios update which is really 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 handy is how you can just so easily connect your ps4 or your xbox one joypad to your phone or your ios device and just crack on with an actual proper controller rather than having to struggle with the uh, the touchscreen controls and yeah it's it is what it is um i'm not entirely sure i probably pay a five a month for it at the moment because i just simply don't play enough mobile games but if you're a mobile gamer then i think it's probably an essential purchase and there are some really really good games uh including sayonara which is on uh, apple arcade so if you want to try it out then that's the place to do it really yeah how does um, um how does uh, sayonara run on ios oh it's smooth as silk um nice. I, 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 i'm not entirely sure if this is just the game but it doesn't switching lanes as it were you switch lanes don't you Connor? essentially don't you in the game yes um when you're when you're chasing after things um it's not as it doesn't it doesn't sort of lock as fast as it should do so you, you there's, a, there's a bad habit of missing uh, a lot of the collectible things but other than that it, it is no juttery no jerky it's just just as smooth as ps4 version and looks just as gorgeous so you know kudos to apple apple iphones for running that what else was there? Oh, yeah, Sonic Racing's on there, which which looks awesome. Although, for some reason, they have made it portrait version only. So playing a racing game in portrait just doesn't work. So it, it's oh, a really? fail. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's the weirdest decision I've ever uh, come across, ever, because uh, it's only in portrait. And so... Interesting. 
yeah, it, it doesn't play at all well in portrait mode. Because obviously, you know, part of the driving thing, you want to see kind of a wider view of the track so you can see who's coming up and, you know, whatever. It's just, it's just I don't understand why I've done it. It's absolutely ridiculous. But I have I have discovered a little gem called, it's called, oh, what is it called? <laughs> <laughs> Assemble it carefully. Assemble carefully. Assemble it Assemble carefully. Assemble with care. Assemble with care. That's it. Yeah. Which is the most surprising game I've ever come across. Uh, it, it's just, you just build stuff. Um, to a really quite beautiful story. And I asked you guys if I could put it down as my game of the year because I've, I've never enjoyed anything quite so much this year. So I have just playing that quirky wow. little, uh, little game. But yeah, Apple Arcade, uh, absolutely, absolutely worth every single penny if you like mobile gaming. If you never really pick up mobile games, then it's probably not, not quite for you. But the addition of the, the uh, PS4 connectivity is so good because all the other games you do have like i've been playing streets of rage on the mobile and it's just perfect it's nice to have a controller rather than having a touch screen okay thing. so you can connect um xbox and ps4 controllers to your phone and they'll play across every game so far yeah i've I, i've not come across a game that doesn't connect i mean i think i think the games need to be programmed with controller support right, um okay. i know i know uh grand theft Auto san andreas does and I think Vice City does? Um, so then the next on my list of games to download. But um, yeah, if a game is built with controller support, then you're good to go, and it don't half make a difference. So I'm really enjoying Streets of Rage all over again. <laughs> nice, nice. Well, that's yeah. good. That's good to hear. Um, my, my only, my, only uh, my, my sort of main question, I guess, in a way, where it sits. What, what's Apple's sort of end game? Is it is it going to have like, is it going to build up a library of sort of more AAA-ish type games? Because obviously, I've, I've seen the iPhone 11 Pro running, and it's it, you know, games are absolutely stunning looking on that. So mm. I, I don't think it's going to have a problem running some modern style games. But will they become under Apple Arcade? Will they be you know, is it going to be like a Stadia type thing? But for mobile, games? I don't know. I don't. I don't quite know where it kind of sits in the kind of gaming ecosphere, if that makes sense. No, it does. Uh, Apple have been kind of quiet on the future of Apple Arcade. I think uh, there's there's a chance that developers are maybe waiting for another year or so to get the uh, the technology up there for them to run AAA titles on it. Yeah, I think um, there's only there's only a matter of time, surely. But yeah, the the success of Apple Arcade thus far suggests that developers are wanting their games on there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. It's it's um, there's no reason why it can't get to that level and if that's the case i mean playing i don't know for example I don't know, just for example modern warfare which the mobile version comes out is it october there's uh, a mobile yes, october call of duty i think now if that comes part of apple arcade and that's obviously going to like go chaos adding fortnite to that which you can now play on your mobile with a joypad i mean you know it is is it's got absolute potential to be uh, pretty massive and i'm gonna keep my eye on it all of my subscription runs out in a month, my little free trial, I'm quite tempted to keep it renewed. Do you have uh, Apple TV? I do, yes. Because it is moving to Apple TV, isn't it, eventually? It's moving to all those devices. So, yeah, yeah. Uh, Macs and Apple TV, iPads a lot. So uh, if if we can then connect a, a controller to Apple TV, we are, we are you know, we're talking like this is this could be like a game changer, you know. I mean, I know you've got yeah. Google Stadia is hanging out in, in the background. That is like a brand new unknown entity, uh, whereas I, Apple and iPhone have been around for a long time, so people kind of know what to expect. And yes, maybe you might not get Assassin's Creed Odyssey running as it is on a console, but if you can get a, maybe a slightly scaled down version, like a Switch-esque 
perhaps mm. uh, run on Apple TV or, or the Mac itself, because the Mac obviously can run you know PC quality games anyway. So you know, does Apple Arcade then incorporate you know PC gaming, for example? You know, like Steam Steam Store does, for example. You know, so uh, there's a lot of questions, but also a lot of potential, and it's I think I think it could, could be really massive thing for apple because obviously they're not making much money on their iphones anymore um all their money revenues coming from subscription services like music uh yeah. soon to be released apple plus tv plus so uh you know gaming seems to be the next next thing if it takes off there's no absolutely no reason why apple arcade can't come to a mac and just like throw in a few you know triple a titles absolutely no reason at all so potential mm. yeah it's very exciting it's um got me and sean this week going what is the cheapest Apple device to buy that will run <laughs> Apple Arcade? Because you guys, obviously, you love indie games. So you, you're, I mean, I'm not, I'm not a biggest fan of indie games. But you guys seem to really lap them up. And uh, for you guys, if you, if you, uh, you know, if you actually see some of the selection of games on offer, they'd be right up your street. And, and you know, you'd, you'd probably fall in love with it straight away. Um, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a slow burner for me because I don't really play mobile games that much, nor do I play indie games that much. But you know. Assemble with care. Who would have thought I'd like that? Do you know what I mean? It's just an amazing thing. So it's interesting. I'm just. I keep seeing people recommend games like just obscure <laughs> random things. Like there's a game called What the Golf, which is on yes, and people love that game. People are it's, going crazy. It's so for frustrating. It. You have no idea. <laughs> your phone, your newly bought iPhone, you're going to get to play Apple Arcade to be thrown across the room in no time. <laughs> yeah, I mean the, the the Apple TV connection is tempting. I think that being able to hook up my PS4 controller and then play them through Apple TV is quite an enticing option. Yeah. Um, I mean, I'm not quite sure. Into, we, into a little console. Yeah. And I'm not, I, mean, I mean, the thing is, I mean, because um, obviously if it's Apple TV, there's other advantages to it too, because obviously you can, you know, stream movies to it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Fire. So, you know, it's, it's a nice little box sitting on your TV and it's relatively cheap as well, especially when I'm not quite sure which models uh the new the arcade would be compatible with but the fairly older models of apple tv are like really cheap now you know it's only the 4k one which is the latest one which is like pretty pricey um so yeah there's potential there to have this little media box under your tv is no bigger than a well you know an iphone and you can have like an arcade game arcade collection of games which is you know not a bad thing yeah and if you are interested in getting apple tv they uh they're throwing in a year of Apple TV Plus as well. That as well, yeah. If you get so a brand get a, new one. So yeah. that's pretty cool. A month of uh, games, a month of movies. It's not a bad deal. Uh, Greg, I know you don't have an Apple device, but if you did, would you jump on the something like Apple Arcade? Maybe. I don't know. I mean, I haven't really thought about it. You know my opinion on sort of handheld platform stuff that's outside of Nintendo and Sony stuff. Yeah, I mean, if I still had my iPad, I probably would have been inclined to pick a few games up. But unlike you and Sean, I'm not going to go out of my way to get it. Mm. But, I, I mean... I don't do a lot of commuting that would require me playing a lot of handheld games anyway, and all my my gaming at home is console, so it's another thing for me to play. But it's the same with the the Switch or even the the light Switch. I wouldn't want to sit there playing it when I've got bigger things to play stuff on. But I'm not against it. Fair enough. If it does well, then yeah, great for it. I think that's that's the thing uh, for Apple Arcade. If if you are a commuter, which I'm not, so again, it's another sort of lesser appeal for me, but. If you are a commuter, what what better thing is there to do than sit on a train and scroll through hundreds of games? You're going to fancy playing that. Knowing you don't have to pay for it, knowing there's going to be no adverts, no in-game purchases, you know, nothing. It's just a pure 
game uh, and you think, oh, I might play that on this journey today and then download it, done, and off you go. So that is great if you commute that as well. There's you know, a lot to be said for that, I think. Yeah, but so are books. Yeah, but I can't read. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> 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 okay, cool. Well, that is Paul Sorts on Apple Arcade. Thanks, Paul. You're welcome. Right, I'm going to really annoy you now because we're going to talk about digital in-game uh, digital pricing on PSN. Oh, joy. Oh, my God. <laughs> This got be like this needs a swear swear warning, doesn't it? I think before we proceed, let's bring him back to earth. This is a topic we've been wanting to get into for a while about uh, digital pricing, PSN and Xbox and uh, Steam. Well, not necessarily Steam because their prices are vastly better than what you find on consoles, but it's always been a bit of a bugbear as the world moves into digital storefronts. Uh, the the pricing of certain games don't doesn't ever really seem to be going down, and they seem to be vastly more expensive than they do in physical stores, and that doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon. Um, Paul was kind of the architect of this, so what was it about the digital pricing that made you want to rant about it on the podcast? <laughs> okay, so oh, I went to buy Far Cry 5, um, which is a fairly old game now, isn't it? It's like, what, two years old, one year old, one and a half years? Well, yeah, it's not it's not brand new, and I wanted it, and, you know, I'm quite imp- impatient, so I went on the store and I thought, well, you know, it was on sale, uh, recently, I thought I'd check it out. It was fifteen ninety nine, I think, in the sale. Oh, happy days! But I missed the sale, so I went to the digital store and I uh, looked for Far Cry, just a goddamn basic fucking nothing edition, just a standard game. Fifty five pounds. The fuck? How can that still be charging fifty five pounds? Now I've, I've done a little bit of research. Went on Amazon, went on Argos, went to CEX. Obviously, it's going to be cheaper there anyway. And Shop Two, and they were all selling brand new copies of physical games for between $15.99 and $22.99. And that's physical. Now, I started thinking, we all know this. Physical games, obviously, uh, there's a production cost. You have to get a disc made, printed. You have to get a box cover printed, and you have to, like, assemble it, and then you have to ship it, and then plastic wrap it, and all these kind of crap. Put all little inserts in it about scratch and sniff bits and bobs and all this kind of other shit. So all this stuff happens, and that's a cost, and that's a big cost. Digital uh, downloads, they don't have that cost. They are literally just a game on a server which you are just downloading onto your into your platform. So, yes, I understand you have to purchase the game, but why is it so much more expensive, as in 55, nearly double the price of any other physical copy, when there's no extra cost to it? I, I can't understand it. And I thought, let's have a discussion about it. Uh, I thought Sean would probably have the answer because he knows everything. He's not here, so maybe you guys could explain to me why they are so expensive and what the fuck is going on. Go. No, I can't explain why. I'm, <laughs> I'm with you. I'm with you, though. It is really annoying. And throwing one further back, I'm a big fan of, as I said before, physical games. And I miss, I miss instruction booklets. You know, I understand there was like... Oh, cost- me too, 100%, yeah. Yeah, I used, to, I used to like having to read, like, as I was younger, or when, when, when I used to work in Game Station, when the book, when the game would come in, and you're going to buy it later that day, but you get to read the, the, the instruction booklet as a, as a what to look forward to. So when games were still full price but they've taken the booklets out. That was a bit like, well, surely you could knock a fiver off because there's no printing means to, uh, apart from the one warranty slip you get. And you don't even get that in some games now. It's printed on the back of the cover through the box. So, yeah, that's that's also like, why is it still full price for that? But yeah, I, I can't explain why they're full price, but I'm with you. It's very annoying. You know, if you, it, it, I suppose maybe it's like a, a convenience tax because you, <laughs> you don't have to go to the shop. So walk to town, get a bus in, whatever. 50 quid for a game there or spend the extra fiver at home because you don't have to go and get it but I don't understand what you're paying for because you're already paying for the service well, yeah. well you don't you don't even need PS Plus to buy a store game or Xbox Live to, uh, to buy a store game so what is it unless it's just out of convenience and they go 
yeah, people are going to pay that because they're lazy. And that is an unfortunate stereotype, but there are people that won't go out. Or for whatever reason, they don't want to go uptown. I totally get that. When there are services that you can order them from, like Shop2 for the same price, that they are in store, or even cheaper sometimes. But I suppose the guarantee, and I've already mentioned it already, at least if you buy it from the storefront, you're going to get it and not get it lost in the post two and a half weeks later. <laughs> exactly that, yeah. So, no, I can't I can't tell you why. Um, I don't I mean, have if, it. If, if there is some kind of, I don't know, a tax of some sort, I don't know what it could possibly be, but then they need to make it clear. I mean, I am lazy, don't get me wrong. If I want something, I kind of want it now. So I'm, I'm all about that. But then Argos offer a same-day delivery service now. Yeah. And they say... Hey, Joe, you know what? We'll get you this puzzle. David's going to cost you four quid. Joe, you know what? Yeah, Fine. Amazon, Take four quid. Um, Amazon, if you've got Prime, is free over 20 quid, isn't it? Something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Shop, shop two a free delivery. You know, I, but then I suppose if they did come forward and say, oh, by the way, you're paying an extra blah, blah, blah for convenience tax, there'd be an uproar, wouldn't there? You'd have people kicking off going, they're patronizing us. They're calling well, us it lazy. Shouldn't, it shouldn't, shouldn't be there anyway. I mean, it's just, you know, I mean, a, a brand new I mean, copy we, we of are, we are, right? we are clear, clearly being hypothetical here i i don't honestly know the answer so i i can i understand it is annoying but i suppose that's maybe they put them as such a high markup so when it comes to sales you are getting the actual the yeah. the, the proposed discount when it says whole black friday thing isn't it but uh, well it's it's like um it's like sports direct when it's like you see a pair of trainers and it says oh 20 quid was 60 you know they're not 60 good trainers they're only ever 40 quid everywhere else yeah but i suppose by having it at that maximum price point for a minimum of a month or something on the store, they can say oh, you are saving eighty-two pounds, and it was at that pro- uh, sorry eighty-two percent, and it was that original. They they are justifying their discount. I mean, you know, again, these these are all hypotheticals. I, I don't know why the markup is there. Yeah, no, for sure. It's just you know, I mean, maybe I can understand if like you get a, a game on a digital store, it might, I don't know, for whatever reason, it might cost an extra fiver. You know, okay, fine, but you know, buying a brand new game from Argos or Amazon, whatever. Seventeen ninety nine for Far Cry Five, and they've like literally had another thirty pounds onto it if you're buying it digital. It's it's like that cannot be, that can't be right. Sure, you mean you mean this this later after it's been released? Yeah, I mean yeah. So I, I think mean, I guess it's because they can't keep it at a perpetual sale price all the time because then it wouldn't be a sale. So I, I guess know, it's, I mean, they have to keep dropping it in and out because it's the stuff that I've done that when I've I've gone to buy something. And then I get paid and it's like, oh man, it's 40 quid again. Or if you, I'll tell you what, what's a prime example, especially on PlayStation, is go to your, um, go to the store and go for like just for you, you know, where it says like, because you played this, mm. you'll see the massive disparity in some games that are only six months old that are down to like a tenner and then some that are a year old and it'll be like, oh, special edition version, 60 quid still. And you're right, it's annoying. Even though I own it, Bloodborne does it because I haven't bought it digitally but yeah bloodborne even though it's a classics game now and it's 15.99 brand new it will still say 45 quid on the store or the the, the not game of the year version but the one that came with the old hunters but when it is on sale old hunters is like i don't know three pound for a dlc so maybe it's because they have to have it at it's it's full price to really incentivize you when a sale comes out so you go oh shit that is a saving i better say you know better buy it now Could be, again i'm a bit naughty, I, though, isn't it? <laughs> well, it is, but I suppose that is the consumer market, isn't it? It's to make you go, yeah. oh, you're right. That is, I am saving 45%, 80% because last week it was 60 quid. You know, if it was a constant 20, 20 quid price point all year round, people are going to be like, oh, I'll get it one day. Whereas maybe it's to generate interest for sales. And there are always sales on PlayStation. There's there's games you see in different sales. Like one was in the retro sale. Now it's in the big in Japan sale because it's well old and 
an Asian developer. So again, these are all generalizations. I don't have any insider information as to why it will cost more like that. It's just, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's just, it, I couldn't believe it when, uh, you know, the, the difference in the price from like a brand new version of the game packaged and a brand new version of the game digital, the, the price difference, just, I just couldn't believe it. Can't be right that, that well, they can charge what they want, I suppose, but I don't know. Roscoe, talk to us. Well, there's a Ubisoft sale on right now on PSN. You could have got it for £14. Yeah, no, no, I've got it. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I got it for fifteen pounds from a shop, so it's fine. But you know, and it was in the sale like I don't know what three weeks ago. I missed it the first time around. But you know, it's just it can't. It's just digital games. Why? Why? I can't understand why they're so much more expensive. And there's less to actually produce. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah, that is annoying. I think there's a good argument to the convenience tax. Yeah, I honestly think that if you want the game, like not just day one, but at midnight installed on your on your console so you can start playing immediately and the psn will count down the game until it's live and it'll say hey this game is available to play right now and you're at midnight and you're at home and you're not going outside queuing up at a midnight launch the game is just there for you to play i think yes. that's what the extra charge is honestly yes for a brand new game i can completely understand that but for games two years old and it's still like you know 30 pounds more expensive than it is in the shops i mean well, there's no reason for it i guess that's what i'm trying to get at I don't know. No, I agree, but I think that's probably the reason why they're in sales so often. Yeah, you're probably right. You know, my, you know, it's like, like the whole Black Friday thing, isn't it? You know, they, if everyone reckons they're getting a bargain. In fact, they're not. They're just getting the actual price of the product. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, more or less. Yeah, that's a very informative discussion. We had no answers for. I don't think we came to a conclusion. I think we just. Uh... I think we just speculated on quite a few things. We never actually do come to a conclusion to our discussions, Greg. You've not realised this. No, yeah, true. We just no, ramble. I don't think there is a conclusion to it. I think there's probably a myriad of different reasons. And yeah, I'm, I'm almost certain Sean will probably have like some kind of in-depth industry that will <laughs> probably solve it. But, so, sorry, listeners, he's not here. We'll ask him next time. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Yeah, we'll it does, does help, doesn't it? Yeah, maybe we should get someone from Sony on to explain themselves. Oh, God, could you imagine? That'd be great. That'd be fun. That'd be fun. All right. Um, our final topic this week. We're already there. This is going to be a quick one tonight. We're already at our final topic. Terminator Resistance got announced this week. A Terminator first-person shooter, which is coming out in November on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, the trailer landed, and it looked like... I mean, it looked like a Call of Duty game with Terminator robots shooting at you. And it's going to be quite interesting. It's coming from Reef Entertainment, who, of course, did the Rambo game, which was not terrible. Not amazing, but not terrible. And so, Terminator... Greg, do you see this having having legs? Do you think this will be the one that brings the Terminator back? Um, <laughs> you back? To, to, uh, yeah, no, I got it. I got it. <laughs> I got it. <laughs> I'm just don't ask me my opinion of Terminator because it's it's, it's ruined. It's set after or during Terminator and Terminator Two. That helps. Oh, that does help because they're the only two films. <laughs> they're the only two films that count. The new one, Dark Fate, just looks fucking awful. You think they would have learned with Genesis, but no. <laughs> There's no fate but what we make, and we're obviously doomed to keep making shit Terminator films. But Greg, it's got John Connor and Sarah Connor, and it's, it's been produced by James Cameron. Surely it's going to be amazing. James Cameron went on record saying, "I think Genesis is the true sequel to Terminator 2. He got paid yeah. a lot of money to say that. <laughs> he went on camera and he, for like a little promo thing and went yeah I think it's a spiritual sequel and what they cut out was him being handed a big suitcase with fucking money in it bloody shill oh no the game however I I want it to be good there are some good movie adaptations out there like Spider-Man 2 and 
the Catwoman game? No. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, I want it. It looked good, but then we've only really seen screenshots and trailer footage, and we've all been burned by those before because we're old and cynical. I would love, I would welcome a very good Terminator first-person shooter, or even just a good Terminator game. Any good Terminator game has been Robocop versus Terminator back in the day, or the Terminator 2 arcade, arcade game, the light gun one. Yes, yes, I was, yeah, I was just about to say it's awesome. Everything else has been wank. So, mm. it, it, if it does come out, and it is good, it's been a long time coming. Yeah, I mean, it feels like. There should be a decent Terminator game. It feels like it, it lends itself well. I think we're owed one. Yeah. Yeah. To be a fun yeah. game. If you're if you're in the middle of like Judgment Day or when the resistance is building up against a load of T one thousands, why have they not made that fun yet? Because it sounds like it's gonna be a lot of fun. T one thousands would be really hard to shoot though. Well they would, but that's what they seem to be up against in this one. You mean the T eight hundreds? So Paul, what do you think about it? <laughs> <laughs> don't 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 quickly, you know, because no, right, right. I, I was because I, I was throwing Terminator knowledge at you. You're right. You're right. You're right, Greg. You're right. <laughs> I really like. I like Terminator one and two. They they could really. Be. You never yeah. mentioned it. No, I would have mentioned it. I no, almost Terminator tattoo once, and I realised how bloody pikey it is. So you yeah. Got, <laughs> so you got M Bison instead. Yeah. Well, you don't see a lot of VDL fans with M Bison tattoos, do you? Uh, I've seen about three. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it could be. I mean, we've had good time travel first-person shooters like Singularity, and ah, uh, there was one on the Xbox 360. What was it called? Time something. What was it called? Time what? shift. Time shift. Time shift. Was that one? Rings a bell. It wasn't amazing, and neither was Singularity, but they were good concepts. And obviously, oh, time is, that, is that the one where you, you uh, could like freeze stuff? Yeah, you had Singularity, you had the little handheld device that could reverse platforms that have crumbled. And Time Zone uh, had... Uh, time that, was, uh, that was uh, Blinks the Time Sweeper on Xbox. Uh-huh. Yes, that's a good game, that. And even Time Splitters 3 had a very good time travel story. <laughs> so I think, I think if it's done properly, it could be done really well. You know, you, you could be playing in the future with the Resistance, leading to the bit where you send John Connor back. But then that's that's been... That's been done. You know, we we know that story. So there could be other pockets of resistance, and it might not have anything to do with the main story, and you could just be helping in the war. It could mm-hmm. be in the future where you actually take out Skynet. So we... what what it says here is Terminator Resistance takes place in a post-apocalyptic Los Angeles nearly 30 years after Judgment Day, based on the original two movies. So, yeah. so we're well, kind may- of like... Maybe maybe they, they are retconning Rise of the Machines onwards, and you take out Skynet. Yeah, maybe. So you, it seems like we're perpetual loop of sending things back in time and live a bit. Anyway, sorry. It seems like we're slap bang in the middle of the war. Yeah. Be interesting. Uh, could... Salvation tried to go into, didn't they? The best thing that came out of Salvation was Christian Bell's rant. <laughs> it was. Yeah, it was it was. that wasn't it? it was. What are you doing? What, what are you doing? Are you doing? Are you doing? Oh, good for you. Oh, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't ever seen that, Go and check it out. And there's also a brilliant remix of it as well. I'll put it in the Slack. No, is it on my phone? I'll try and find it. I'll put it in the Slack. But it's a brilliant remix. Sidetrack. Uh, yeah, I'll be, you know me. I'm I'm optimistic of remakes, remasters, and continued franchises and stuff like that. It could be good. We're overdue a very good Terminator game. It, it, the screenshots look good and the trailer looked spiffing. So, fingers crossed. Fingers crossed indeed. I guess it will release alongside Dark Fate. Yeah, I think that's what they're doing. Okay, so it's going to be a three-hour cash-in. The film or the game? Ooh. Oh! <laughs> uh, well, ladies and gentlemen, there's just time then to talk about State of Play, which is coming out 
uh, say to play the PlayStation uh, Direct thing, which is coming out on Tuesday. Last of Us Two has been confirmed to be there. Naughty Dog and Neil Druckmann himself have, have been teasing it all week. So next Tuesday at eight PM BST. Are we still in BST? We are, aren't we? We normally are, yeah. Yeah, BST, not GMT, right now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. So yeah, that's eight PM BST. Nine PM, sorry, uh, BST next Tuesday, nine PM. If you want to see some brand new Last of Us Two details, maybe the release date, we shall see. There's been a release date floating around the internet at the moment. No one really knows for sure if it's true, but we shall see. It'll be a shame with the release date leaks because they're getting very excited about this information drop of state of play. So uh, yeah, who knows when, what else is going to be a state of play? I guess we'll have to watch at 9pm next week. It might just be all Last of Us. Who knows? That'd be pretty cool. Right then, out this week, we have FIFA 20. The full release is coming on the 27th of September. The Champions Edition is out three days before on PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Uh, the physical version of Code Vein is out on the 27th on Xbox One. And PS4, I see it was on PS4 as well. Uh, the Surge 2 lands on PS4 and Xbox One on the 24th of September. Stay tuned to Finger Guns to find out all, the, all you need to know about it. Thanks to Greg's hugely in-depth and amazingly written review coming on Tuesday. <laughs> or Wednesday. And uh, that looks like it next week. Not looking too shabby next week at all. Oh, Dead by Daylight is coming to Switch on the 24th of September as well. Which is a game that I think we should have all been playing by now, but none of us have played it. Yeah, we said that about Friday the 13th. What's Dead by Daylight again? Which one's it? It's like Friday the 13th, but you play as different serial killery type things. Oh, I see, right. Yeah, and they've had people from like Saw and Stranger Things and all sorts in there. Oh, nice. It does look like a laugh. I don't know if a friend of mine's really into it. But, uh, Didn't they add someone recently as well? Uh, maybe. It's another famous horror movie character, but I can't remember who it was. Quickly do the Google. They've oh, had, uh, Stranger Things. Yeah, I just said Stranger Things. Oh, did you? <sighs> sorry. Yeah. sorry. That's all right. Continuity, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's coming to Switch. It was on uh, PS Plus, so if, uh, hey, if we fancy playing it one night, maybe we should. I know was that adds... I'm, I must have missed that then. Yeah, it was. But... We'll add that to the list of... Uh, Games when yeah, well, when we go back to Friday the 13th as well. <laughs> and Darksiders 2, uh, the Definitive Edition, is getting yet another re-release, this time on the Nintendo Switch, on the 26th of September. Well, gents, that, that about wraps it up. Mm, short and sweet this week. Yeah. Thank you all very much indeed uh, for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us absolutely everywhere on Twitter at FNGRGNS, and our individual handles are down below in the description. You can follow us on Twitch, twitch.tv forward slash fingerguns.net. Over on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash fingergunsuk. I keep getting that wrong. I'm pretty sure that's right. And uh, that's about it uh, from us. So we'll catch you next week. So it's goodbye from Mr. Greg Hicks. Goodbye. A goodbye from Mr. Paul Cullett. Toodles. And it's a goodbye from me. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Oh, my God, I've forgotten. I've been playing Link's Awakening. <laughs> oh, no oh, way. Oh, my God. What a fucking brilliant game that is <laughs> oh my god how did i forget that i could have talked about that for the next half an hour i won't know but uh, thank you all indeed uh, for listening maybe i'll talk about Link's awakening a bit more next week once i've beaten it but until then this has been the finger guns podcast yeah!